Susie, that was great last week. We talked about um, be careful what you watch and be careful what you focus on and, and how it can affect you in the everyday. And then we talked about lots of positive things you can do to really lift your day. So this is that series. It's, it's not unicorns and rainbows, but it's just saying in a practical life, we've had about two and a half, three years of lots of fear coming at us and a lot of people buying into that and people around us buying into it. So today I wanted to counter something I see a lot where people look back at something they didn't like in the past and it seems to cause to me depression or they look forward to what might happen and that seems to me to cause anxiety. And how on earth can we just be here now? How? Yeah, beautifully put. Um, well, here's the thing. How can we just be here now? Where else can you be? <laughs> well, most people are not. They're worrying about what happened yesterday or last year. Well, they are. They're here. But where is this? Yes. Where are we imagining we are? So you can't be anywhere else but here. Just like when people go, oh, I'm not feeling me. Well, you are because you are just you. And the you that you are is here. And there is no future. You'll never reach a future. And the past, well, you can't change it. I ask people if they can, can you change the past? And they go, no, I'm just checking. Uh, you can't change the past. So this really is the only logical place to be. And you're right, there's different things that pull people either past or future. Generally with the past, it means something's happened that we can't accept. And usually when we can't accept something, it means we haven't been in alignment with our moral compass or with our own self. So if something happened and I didn't speak up at that time, it will often keep playing in my head, almost as a lesson to, hey, I, I wasn't myself there, mm. to remind me. But if it keeps playing in the head and we keep focusing on it and giving it that playtime, you're absolutely right. Focusing on the past tends towards depression, feeling down, feeling unmotivated, feeling bad about ourselves. Then we have the future. And there's a lot of fear-mongering that goes on about the future in today's world. And they say, Especially you know, in our mainstream media. They, they rely on 100%. that. 100%. What if this happens? That's what if their this? currency now. Go back in the news 20 years. Go back in the news 30 years. Listen to the fear-mongering and see if any of that has happened. No. None of it has. And I'm old enough to remember that stuff. So... What we're supposed to be able to look into the future for is, well, you know, I need to go hunting to get some meat to feed my family. Or these days, oh, I'll need to go by the shops on the way home to make sure I've got food to make dinner. But when people are in a fight, flight, freeze or please state, so remember the central nervous system has a break, our parasympathetic, rest, repair, digest, and it has an accelerator, fight, flight, freeze or please. Okay. If we're in this fight, flight, freeze or please state too often, what it does is it makes us really nervous about what might be coming. And when we're in that state, we're literally looking at that stress response was made to be able to escape a tiger, as we've talked about before, to be able to run away from something and think our way through that. And to run away from a tiger, I don't need my digestive system working. That can just constrict, I can save that energy. I mm -hmm. don't need to sleep. I don't need to have rational and logical thought. I just need to have the energy in my muscles so I can run away. You basically need good legs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And some good breathing. 
Wow. That's about it. Pumping my arms, running away from that tiger. So in that fight or flight, a lot of our body functions are, are just shutting. Yeah, it's, it's wow. energy efficiency. If, um, if you have a house and you've got some new gear that you need to plug in, and there's a lot of gear, maybe there's a TV and a PlayStation and this and this, and you plug a cord into the wall and you plug in all your boxes and put everything in, and suddenly poof, the fuse blows, right? Because we've tried to put too much through one outlet. And so that's why we have fuses in houses so the house doesn't burn down. There used to be a lot of house fires before we did that with houses, right? Um, our body's the same. If we've overloaded a certain system, it'll blow that fuse, so to speak. However, I can't just go, well, I have to deal with too much stress hormone. I'll close down the kidneys because they're overwhelmed with the stress hormone now because we need kidneys to survive, obviously. So what we do is we dim the lights in the other parts of our house to add more energy to that area that needs it. Makes sense. So anything that you do that is overdoing it, for example, um, uh, if you had a lot of flooding around your house and you spent your day, you know, filling sandbags and piling it up and digging out a little moat or a channel for the water to go down and maybe you spent a week just digging and doing this and up all night and doing that, at the end of that time, during the time, you've got the energy to do it. You're in a fight or flight situation, which is what it's made for. When I mean, you're describing Hawke's Bay, yep. Gisborne here. You've got the musculature to do it. Mm. Now, when that uh, stressful situation has passed, and when you're not going to, your house isn't going to float away and your family's safe now, how are your muscles going to feel? Exhausted. Yeah. And during that time, did you need to eat a lot? No. No, because you were just digging. Did you need to rest a lot? Not really. When people are in stressful situations, there's certain parts of the body and certain functions we don't need. Most people are not going to die if they don't eat for a bunch of days, mm. you know, even a month. They're not going to have a problem. They're going to be able to live off stores. So you have to understand what the body's functionality is and then what it's kind of been bastardized for now, what it's used for. Like we're using this sympathetic dominance state, this accelerator, not to run away from tigers. If we're in the future, they're just imaginary tigers. And that's not really what the system was made for. Susie, this just puts, this just puts mainstream media in such a clear box. I mean, the box is on television, but such a clear box. It is dangerous food for a healthy brain to watch mainstream media's constant fear mongering. I remember when I worked in mainstream 20 years ago, once saying to a producer in the newsroom, why can't we have a mixture of really positive stories and some of these crisis stories? And I remember him saying, oh, because that's not newsless. So they decide from the 50 worst stories from around the world, or they did when I was there, what are the sort of 20 very worst and then the 10 very, very worst. But on top of that, we've had parliamentarians using our media to feed terror into the population for the last three years, have we not? Well, this is programming. I mean, it's a TV program. Hmm. Uh, or tell if, lie if you, vision, tell lies with well, vision. Well, 100%. It's, it's a program. And for some reason, uh, a huge amount of people believe that everything that comes through the TV or the screen or they you know, read about is true. Um, I doubt that's the case these days. My personal life experience shows me it's not. 
But it is amazing that people choose to believe something because it's on a screen rather than have a look around them and have a look at their personal life experience. But it is just programming. And, you know, the whole culture um, in the newsroom could be programmed as well. You have a look. Teachers are programmed in certain ways. Nurses are programmed in certain ways. Maybe parliamentarians are programmed in certain ways. Different people are programmed. For example, um, firemen actually program themselves to run into fires to save people. Now that's against our natural um, survival instinct. We'd see a fire and we'd run away. In wars, troops are programmed to go into enemy fire, to go into places where people are shooting them and throwing grenades and bombs at them or whatever. It's a program. Um, you've seen programming, you know, we've all seen movies or heard horrible stories or read books about programming parents have done to children mm -hmm. um, over the years and what that's created, what kind of monster that might have created. Well, it's, it's just programming and everyone who's delivering that program is also programmed within themselves. And if we're in and, that and and I stop you there, Susie. The Posey Parker thing at Albert Park—that was a, at least a week, but a lot longer of programming, of let's be anti this woman, let's not listen to her, let's all stir each other up into a. It can end up in that kind of violent extremist mob mentality. That programming. People in groups. I mean, that's really where people are dangerous. Mm. Uh, people in groups can lose themselves, and we have a culture that's telling us that. I should put my rights and my personal self aside for the good of the group. Mm. And that's not something I personally believe in. I choose to do a lot of things in my life that are for the good of people. And my business is to work in the service of others. But to be able to do that, I must also be in a very good state. And so the best thing I can do for the world is actually to be a very good example for myself. Does that make sense? That's where the power comes from. Go into that a bit more. You referred at the beginning to moral compass and I didn't investigate what that is for you. What is that moral compass? What is that best version of you? It is being able to hear what is, is correct for you, what direction mm. you want to take instead of if you're in a group, sometimes the group or often the group will overtake the individual. And we hear about this in partnerships where one will be stronger and the other one will go along. We see this in children uh, when they play. There'll be a leader of the group that can lead children who are normally very well behaved into something that's maybe a little naughtier. Um, in high schools, we know as a child's brain is expanding to a human's brain, uh, sorry, human. <laughs> as if they're not, uh, expanding to an adult's brain, we know that they are very open to who is around them. So uh, as your brain is expanding, your friends are going to dictate how well you do through that adolescent time. Mm -hmm. So when we are in groups, people often are not themselves and there are countless, um, there's countless research and stories about how people say, look, I, I don't know how I got into that mob. I don't know how I threw that brick through that window. I don't know how I got into this fight, that is not me at all. And everyone will tell you that person's not an angry or violent person. But when people let go of their own moral compass and their own self of who they know they are, when they start stepping out and doing things that are actually uncomfortable, not in a good growth way, but in a, I don't feel good about doing this way. But I'll go along with it anyway to fit in. 
well, what if they're not feeling so good about themselves and what if all their yes. friends are and what if, what if, what if, what if, right? So I don't understand, uh, well, I don't think there is any teaching for people at young people at schools to say, hey, this is what your moral compass is or your personal compass is. And these are the kind of feelings. So when you feel that tightness in your gut and you're not feeling hungry, that means something's not really sitting very well with mm. you. So that's probably not what you should be doing. This is really positive. See, all these talks, you offer these little tools. So let's take the whole trans programming of, I've been talking to some teachers who are saying the new curriculum is full of programming towards the transgender but model. But isn't all school programming? I rest my case, but she's saying to me, this particular teacher is very powerful and very young, it's happening. So parents need to do that, to have those talks with their children about if it doesn't sit with you, if in your gut you feel this isn't right, come and talk to the parents. But how many home. adults do you know that actually follow that or can actually feel their gut? So if, mm. if you're... You know, I could say the average adult in New Zealand, a lot of the people I see, get up, rush, get the kids to school, sit in traffic, go to work, sit down for eight or nine hours, stress about all sorts of stuff then, sit in traffic again, pick up the kids, do the dinner, watch TV, have a drink just to calm down to get over their day. That's a really common thing I see, you know, having two kids of quite um, different ages, that's what I've seen with other adults who have kids at school. And it's repeated again and again and again, and they're numbing themselves to a life they're not really enjoying deeply. And they're really limiting themselves in what they can do in their lives. Um, and so when you have that, can you actually feel your gut? And can you feel your, your right and wrong within yourself? And then if you can't feel it, and you're not you? doing it, how can you talk to your children about it? These are really important questions. So let's unravel that knotty ball. How do we, how does that parent watching this going, that feels like me right now. And I don't want to be that. How do we help that parent? Because there's a lot of anxiety, which is what we began with. Anxiety about what's going to happen. And the news is bad all the time. And what world will my child have? And then there's worry about the past. So you said at the beginning, bring yourself in here. Where do we begin to unknot that ball? I guess it's about making a decision. The first thing you have to do is you have to say, well, holy crap, I'm, I am in the past all the time or I am in the future. Mm. Now, here's the thing. You can't change the past. Yeah. You just can't. Uh, what you can do is change how you've told yourself about it. Oh, that really horrible thing that happened. Or, oh, that was pretty gross at the time, but I've learned so much from that and I never have to do that again. Yeah. And now I'm a grown-up, so no one can make me. So that's brilliant. Look at that learning. And I've come through it and I'm better for it. In the future, we have a culture again that tells us, you know, at school, if you work hard and you do this and you get these grades and you go to uni and you do this, everything will work out well. That's not true at all. Ideally, we'd be taught, if you follow your moral compass and you follow the things that interest you, everything's going to be way funner. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but it won't always work out the way you want. It won't always, and that's not a bad thing. Well, considering we are but one human each, do we really know what we want and do we really know everything that's out there? Mm. You know, I used to think, uh, imagine trees. Trees don't worry if it's raining. Oh, what if I don't get rain? Oh, my leaves won't. 
So I kind of go, well, I'm a part of nature. You know, when people go, oh, I need to spend time in nature. I sit here go, I am nature, mate. I'm nature. Bees make beehives. Humans make houses and cameras and microphones and everything else. Mm. I am nature. This is nature. Mm. So I don't need to be in nature. I do prefer to be in nature, but I am nature in myself. And what I understand is I only have this moment. If I'm doing things for the future, it'll never work out in the way. It might for some time, but you can't control anything. I can't mm. control other people. I personally can't control the weather. Maybe someone can, but not me. Um, I have no control over these things. All I have the potential to have control over is how I decide to relate to things and how I decide to tell my stories about things. That's all I have control over. And most people don't have control over that. Explain that a bit more, how I decide to tell my stories about things. Just explain that. Well, say if you're stuck in the past. I have people who have had things in the past happen that are they're horrific. I, I hear some of the most horrific stories and I'm always stunned at some of the depth and depravity that these people have been through. And then I sit here and go, but look at you right here, right now, as a whole beautiful person in front of me. And we just had a laugh as you walked in. And this is what you are now. Mm. And all of that stuff happened. And what it's going to give you is depth. Okay, it wasn't pleasant. You didn't like it. It was truly terrible at the time, but that was an hour of your life. <laughs> and even if this, uh, these terrible occurrences happened over 10 years of your life, they happened maybe half an hour a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the rest of that time, we were telling ourselves at the time, this was so terrible that our thoughts had brought us into that state all the time. So we're always assuming everything's terrible. Some people say, oh, I had a terrible day yesterday. What happened? Oh, this guy hit my car. Are you okay? Yes. Is the car okay? Yes. What's it done? Well, there's a ding in my back panel and I've got to go and get it fixed and I'm going to be without a car for this and da da da. How much of your day did that take up? Oh, probably 10 minutes. How was the rest of the day? Oh, I don't know. Okay. The, the, body the, the brain doesn't know the difference between what you think and what's really happening. So if you got attacked by a tiger 10 years ago and you think about it today and you go through it, you'll create the same hormones, the same wow. stress response. So it's actually up to you to decide what stories you want to tell. Someone could say, oh, Liz, I got attacked by a tiger 10 years ago and every night I sleep in bed with a knife and with one eye open and I'm just scared tigers are going to attack me everywhere. And I go, oh, where did this attack happen? Oh, it was in Asia. Are you in Asia now? No, but I mean, the tiger attacks. Someone else might go, dude, you will love this story. So I was traveling through Asia and a freaking tiger attacked me. Check out the scar. I know, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Anywho, I'm still alive. I'm basically tiger proof. It's the same thing that's happened. So beautiful. But it's, it's how you decide to tell it. So are you going to take control of your stories or are you going to be at the whim of your stories? Are you going to let other people tell you how things are or are you going to decide how things are? Someone could say to me and go, Susie, full of crap. All right then. Because I know if people want to go out there and they want to put people down and go, oh, you're this and this, mm. I know they're in a pretty shitty state in their head. So I'm like, okay, poor bugger. You give All it right. back. You just, you just mentally it's got, hand it's got it back. It's nothing to do with me, mate. It's got nothing to do with you. I didn't take it. No.
it's not mine. What you say is about you. What you do is about you. Mm. I often feel that, that with that's trolls. That's not about it's me. It's just nothing to do with me. They're unhappy. Dude, if you need People to, it's up to you. That's absolutely fine. It's beautiful. Or if someone said, Susie, you're full of crap. I, How dare you? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. What would that get me? Where would that? I just don't see the fun in that at all. That's and none of one my brings you peace, which is... So that's... which story am I telling myself? Am yeah. I telling myself that everything in life is personal? Or am I telling myself that nothing in life is personal? If everything is personal, I am at the whim of all weather. Mm. If I tell myself nothing is personal and I practice that, it doesn't matter what the weather is. Calm storm, I'm having a good time because I'm being me. Whereas most people show, oh, storm, I can't be me, this is horrible. I have to go into fight or flight again. Doesn't matter what happens, lockdown, whatever. Be who you are, do what you want to do. You, you have this power, you know, we have a culture that disempowers people. It's non-stop disempowerment. Or the victim, the victimness, and I think we'll finish on, on, on how victimness keeps you really disempowered. Now we have definitely in Free NZ wanted to tell the stories of people who've been, for example, with the jab, been, been trusting of a group of politicians, done what was asked, and have been injured by it. But last week I met a woman who said, yes, I was injured and I got a heart problem from it. But I think it's been a really good thing for me. And I know I'm going to get through it. I know I'm going to find ways to heal. And I've learned a lot about myself through this process. Honestly, you could have picked me up off the floor because with all of them, I wanted to go out like, how dare they? I just want to, I just want to stop this. I want to save you. And she was there being so powerful herself. She didn't need anybody. And so what's going to feel better? You have an injury, um, and pharmaceutical injuries are very common. There's a long history of it, especially mm. in the history of vaccines, um, that you're going to sit there and for the rest of your life say, they hurt me, they injured me, da-da-da-da-da. Mm. Or are you going to go, well, I didn't do my research, mm. and I trusted people that maybe I shouldn't have trusted, and that's on me. So I'm going to take responsibility for this and I'm going to choose to let it be something that, that makes me stronger rather than something that makes me weaker and something that I'm at the whim of. So the story you tell yourself is going to decide whether you are empowered and present or disempowered and in the past or the future. That's all it really comes down to. You can think as much as you like, worry about the future, Worrying does nothing for you. It's like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. Yes. Yeah. So you can do that, or you can sit in the past and feel bad about whatever happened, mm. or you can be here right now and go, well, what's happening now? The sun's shining. I've got cool people around me. Mm. Oh, look at me. I can walk. I can talk. I can do these things. This is awesome. So what am I going to do with the right now? So it really just starts with a decision. And then once you decide you want to be happy and you want to be empowered in your own self and you want to feel great, you just have to get curious. There's so many books, there's so many people teaching this stuff. So many. There's so much online. And, and in New Zealand, we're starting something called the People's Health Alliance. There are 20 hubs already and it's going around the world. Now, this woman is dedicated to finding help for herself, but also helping others through that People's Health Alliance. There will, Susie, in my intuitive view, be ways we can help jab injured. 
Do you feel that, that there will be ways we don't, we may not even know what they are yet. They may not even have been discovered yet. Do you feel an innate optimism that if we face, face the truth of this? Huge, huge. Then uh, the first step really is awareness and self-responsibility. And yes. as you know, we have been helping vaccine injured for a long time. And I've worked with vaccine injured children for a long time. Um, and the interventions and corrections and programs that we've been able to come up with during this time are from what we were doing with various other health issues mm. are next level and they are so exciting mm. and so when people turn up and they say this has happened and this is what I've done mm. not what this has been done to me this is what I have done um, what can we do there's huge recovery to be made and and we've seen that ourselves so there's always huge amounts of help and yeah there's a lot you can do and maybe to to end here to not be worrying about the future to not be sad about the past you're like a swimming pool that isn't having the water drained off needlessly keep your energy levels and your focus on this one thing here which is i will live a full life as full a life as i can i'll be as well as i can instead of draining it off to those things that as you said bring nothing yeah, just try and bring yourself into the now. And for some people, for some clients, I say, you know, just look around you. Every now and then, when you notice your head going forward or going back, say, hang on, where, where am I? Pinch yourself. <laughs> Clap a little. Touch yourself. Uh, have a look around. What can I smell? What can I hear? What can I see? What can I taste? Do I need anything right now? Oh, I'm a little thirsty. Bring yourself back into the present. Be all in the room. So you can be physically in the room, but to bring yourself mentally in the room, you just need a practice. Or how about, one of my favorite practices is if you notice your head going ahead or your head going back, try and bring a feeling into, oh, I'm thinking about the future again. Goodness, I am going to feel gratitude or love or peace or joy. Pick your one. Gratitude's quite a cool one. Oh, I'm in the present now. What can I be grateful for? I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you being able to speak, having a platform, being able to say whatever, being able to take the criticisms, being able to learn along the way, being able to become even more you through this process. How exciting. Mm. I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you. And not just saying it, but feeling it here. How can I be anything but present in this moment? And now I've now just given myself a whole ton of real happy chemicals. And then over time, that's going to program me to be more present and to be more grateful. It just comes with practice. It doesn't happen overnight. Become aware, make a decision, and then practice. Pick your favorite thing. Gratitude, peace, love, joy. Just pick one of them. Feel it. That's all you have to do. You become present, you practice it more, it gets better. Like riding a bike, easy peasy. Stunning, Susie, and it can be so simple. I bought some swan plants that were being thrown out. They were really cheap, and I planted them. And every day, there are these beautiful orange butterflies that have been swooping down against often a blue sky, and I just, they really bring me present. I really feel grateful to see that little piece of beauty in this kind of messed up world at the moment. It's so simple at its heart, isn't it? Nature is a very good way to be present. That's why people who spend more time outdoors tend to 
have more joy in their lives and feel that more because you notice things. Not walking through the bush with your earpods in, please don't wear earpods, uh, but just being in nature, noticing those butterflies. Mm. Bringing, if you're in an apartment, bring a plant inside. Look after your plant, notice mm. it. People who have dogs tend to do very well as well because, you know, dogs are there for you. Yeah. And they're there all the time. And so you, they bring you to the present, don't they? Yeah, they do. Oh, wants food. Oh, I have to feed them. Yeah. Oh, I have to do that. Ideally, children can bring you to the present. Ideally, any time when we're with another human being, we can become present. Susie, it's wonderful to talk to you. We'll talk again next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>